Good morning, and welcome to Entrepreneur today. I am here with Barbara Corcoran, who, as you all know, is one of the uh, main investors and, and on Shark Tank and also a, a huge success on her own. And I'm really, really excited to talk to you today, Barbara. So welcome. My pleasure, Sarah. Pleasure being here with you. Yeah, so I just really appreciate you fitting us into your super busy schedule. So let's just launch into um, some fun questions that I thought would be really of interest to you. Okay, uh, I love questions. Listeners. Let's see what you came up with here. Yeah, so so one of one of the main things I talk to a lot about clients of mine who are have even thought about auditioning for Shark Tank is how how do you decide if the product can be successful in just a few moments of hearing their presentation on Shark Tank? Well, first off, you should know that each of those presentations we're listening to are usually in real life, real time, uh, running 35 minutes, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour. So we have a little bit more time questioning the entrepreneur it. than it shows on TV. You know, that's usually okay. 10 minutes on TV, but they've melted it down from a lot more questioning. Just to be fair, so you know we have a little more time than that, but it's still not enough time. But right, I always editing. Ask, oh, editing, you, know, you never know what's going hit to hit the floor and what's going to actually air. But um, I would say the number one question I'm asking myself when they first start talking about their product is, is there a need for it? Something as basic as, is there a need for it? And I would say two out of three products fall immediately into the category of, no, there's no need for it. Either Mm -hmm. no one's going to buy in because they really don't need a blow dryer slash hair curler all in one, for example, (laughs) or... The other question is, is if there really is a need for it, like let's say someone's selling uh, cakes, like my daisy cakes. The answer to right. that question, is there a need for cakes? Sure there is. People like to eat cakes. But then the next question is, what's different about yours? And right. a lot of times if you have a Me Too product, which always has a bad reputation, which are some of the most successful businesses in America, you have to know why yours is better than the next guy who's already way out there and way ahead of you. How could you really compete? What's so different about yours that people are going to buy into? So I think those are the two questions. I'm like, I don't even, even ask it. It just kind of melts into my brain, and I'm sucking that up immediately when the <laughs> entrepreneur starts talking about their new product. So – um, so going along that line a little bit, when somebody is presenting to you, if you feel like they, they're they not aware of the difference in their product versus you know, similar okay. items yeah. out there in the Sorry. marketplace, is that, yep. is that a red flag for you? It's worse than a red flag. It's a total turnoff. It's one thing to know that you have uh, the measles and you stay away from people. It's something else right. you don't even know you have them, right? Right. You know. If they're not yeah. that self-aware, they haven't even questioned that. These are not uh, the, the ty- this is not a type of person who should be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs I know are nut jobs. The real successful ones are way in over their head. They are obsessed with every little thing that they could know about it. They're obsessed with the competition. They're paranoid. They definitely need a shrink. And they work in 80-hour days, you know? So if you haven't questioned that, I mean, you just don't have the makeup of an entrepreneur in my mind. I I totally agree. It's just it's so hard to tell, you know, on the show sometimes because of the magical editing that they do. And it's hard to tell if they are actually making people, you know, seem not quite as aware of their business or as competent as they actually might be. No, I have to also say to you, generally, when you're watching Shark Tank on Friday night, you're seeing the best version of the entrepreneur. 
No, they're right. not editing out intelligent responses. No, they're trying to make them look as smart as they can. Sure. Yeah, I would imagine. You've <laughs> so. seen the best version of what we're hearing, not the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have a favorite type of company that you invest in? Like, is there a niche that you feel more comfortable with, or do you just look for companies that in general no, you feel um, like are profitable? You know, I, I certainly look for a product I could, I could relate to. So, for example, you might have the best golf-related product in the world, golf, G-O-L-F kind, okay? Yeah. And uh, I'm out immediately. And the reason for it is I've tried golf. I hate golf. I'm not going to spend the time on it. So I would make the absolute worst partner, knowing mm-hmm. full well that I don't like golf and I'm never going to be interested. So, yeah, I know which categories I'm just uh, not that excited about. Cause I, too, if I'm going to invest, need to really be passionate about either the entrepreneur or the product. Um, sure. And if it's something like that, that's immediately something I wouldn't get into. But I actually feel like I didn't answer your question. You really said, oh, is there a niche I'm more comfortable with? No, I'll invest in anything. But then the question is, is there a niche that I do best in or better than some of the other categories? And I do very well with food products. I've only recently learned because when I look at my most successful businesses to date, all three of them are food products interesting. So, of course, if I'm going to hear somebody pitching a food product, I know more about that space than I know, say, about uh, what would be a, uh, another category, fashion, for example, mm-hmm. which might be mm-hmm. uh, Damon John's Ballywick. Right. So I've not done well with a fashion product. I've invested in two of them. I didn't do well. And so, of course, that's going to uh, spin my own judgment when I'm hearing someone pitch fashion, sure. obviously. Right, because you have Daisy Cakes, the Lobster Guys, and what's the third one? And um, the other one is, of course, Pork Barrel Barbecue Sauce. And they I don't right. even know if it's so much the product that I'm relating to because I don't, I don't like barbecue sauce between you and I. <laughs> Um, and I don't eat, eat that many cakes, and I like lobster, but I don't usually go out of my way to order lobster. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't be necessary. But I like them all. I really like those products. And more importantly, yeah. I love the entrepreneurs, all three of the entrepreneurs running those businesses I'm in love with. Yeah. They seem like really great people just from the little snippets that I've seen about them. No, they're not even uh, – not only are they great people, because I, I don't invest in anything where I don't – uh, like and trust the people. Forget that. That's a that's a given. But sure. they are phenomenal entrepreneurs. They mm-hmm. really they know how to build a business. Yeah. Such a rare such a rare thing. <laughs> oh, maybe come on, it's like one in six hundred right. people I see on Shark Tank really know how to build a business. It's very yeah. rare and I grab them when I see them. Definitely, I can imagine. Well so speaking about business do you what are your thoughts about business plans? I mean, do you feel like the people that you generally invest in or want to invest in, do you like them to have some kind of a business plan or are you just one of those like, you know, business plans, business plans out the window? Uh, no, I guess I'm somewhere in between. I think business plans for business are grossly overrated uh and promoted by uh so much of the business school awareness, you know, that mm-hmm. we're going plan for three years. It's all hogwash. You can certainly say what you're dreaming about, but sure. it's all done on projections that don't exist. And right. also, it, the, the business plan, even written this month, doesn't take into account what happens in the economy or your product area or with shipping from China or uh, you have a quality control issue that's going to hit you very next month in April. 
So you've got mm-hmm. to respond well and have great judgment as to how to steer your boat or navigate your business. That's far more important than anything written on paper. But that being said, if you're looking to raise capital, that is the norm of the day that people want to see what's your business plan. Okay, I have hey. to. I'm embarrassed to say I asked, well, what's your plan for the next three years? Do I barely read it? You betcha, because I know it's bullshit, right? Right. But <laughs> the thing is, is that everybody feels obligated to do that. I think what's much more important is whether the entrepreneur makes common sense. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. listening to. So I have, for example, my Daisy Cakes business. Her business plan, frankly, was laughable. Almost like she didn't have a rudder. She didn't know where the heck she was going. But mm-hmm. you want to know something? All of her answers on what she deals with and bringing down costs and this and that, she was buttoned up and knew in a common sense way what her priorities were. And she yeah. was on task. And so that's so much more meaningful than a perfectly written business plan that's only theoretical. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I've, I've always felt the same way. And I, I've often watched, watched people spend, you know, six months or a year trying to oh, painstakingly God. do these, these um, business plans and they never get on with their business. And then all of a sudden they find somebody else who's done their business in the meanwhile, yes, you know, or, or patented their idea. putting the cart idea, before or, the horse. Yep, yeah. or uh, spending a lot of money on patents when they don't even right. know if anybody even wants their product. It's exactly the action is what counts, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Before I have a patent on a product, and I definitely sold it for about six months before <laughs> before I actually spent the money on the patent. But <laughs> just to test the audience. <laughs> and on a business plan, you know, I should mention one other thing, Sarah, because I never had a business plan. I built the largest real estate business in New York City, which is a really competitive market. But sure. you know what I had. I had a little movie going under my hand, my head all the time of what I was going to look like, what I was going to say, what I was wearing, right down to my shoes. Now, you'd say mm-hmm. that's not important. Well, I like clothes, so that is important for me. Sure. It made me feel the part of the big shot when I was just a little tiny guppy, you know. And then sure. as I built my business, I'm telling you, I just pictured where I wanted to go next, and that became my business plan. I did anything that supported that picture. And mm-hmm. I didn't do the things that didn't fit into the picture. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs out there are creative souls. The best ones are, and a lot of them are not left-brainers. They are right. visualizers. So there's a mm-hmm. great uh, more that needs to be said about visualizing where you want to go versus getting a deductive reasoning type statistical thing on paper. Yes, kind of like, I mean, in a way, sort of like your uh, real-life Pinterest board. <laughs> Yes, and you know what? It's probably, in fact, I'm going to steal that. I think your Pinterest board might be a better business plan for a lot of people than mm-hmm. any kind of a Harvard MBA type thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Feel free to take it. I will. And I'm not going <laughs> I'll to be honored if I hear you say, say it. I was just thinking. I'm going to say, I was just thinking last night, and your name will never come up. <laughs> That's fine. I'll know. I'll just know All inside, and I'll in smile. <laughs> okay, Sarah. <laughs> Um, so, so, you know, when you, a lot of people that I work with and people who, who read my blog and stuff, you know, think about auditioning for Shark Tank, but a lot of them are afraid that their businesses aren't advanced enough. And so, you know, for those people listening who, you know, just might not. I think I lost you. I'll hang up and let you call back. Okay. If you hear me, I can't hear you. Sorry, I just got kicked out for a minute. Are you there? Hello? Hello? 
Hello? Hey, it's me again. I somehow have a connection, Sarah. Yeah. That's okay. Um so um so when you when people are thinking about auditioning for Shark Tank and that they're afraid that their business is not advanced enough, what are what are your thoughts on on people you know, sort of to explain their fear. The priority, you have to remember one thing. It's probably uh, the wrong thinking, uh, being worried about whether your business is advanced enough. Here are the priorities of Shark Tank. One, you have to remember, it's a television show. It's a television show more than anything else. So they will often pick an entrepreneur that has no sales, just a concept sketched out, um, mm-hmm. and they'll put them on air if they're great on TV. You know how they right. say, "Great, she's great TV, he's great yep, TV. Yep. And what's great TV? It doesn't mean that you're a professional. It means that you have high energy and can smash through to the camera. You know, it's the energy felt by the camera. And it also means, do you look good or do you look really weird? Both sell well on TV. Either you're beautiful, right. have a great figure. There's a disproportionate number of women who pitch on Shark Tank that are dropped in gorgeous. Believe me, that had a lot to do with the picking. I don't pick them, but I'm sure it has to do with the picking and likewise with the guys, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're really weird, that's an advantage too because they need their, their chunk of weird people on there too. But I think if you're thinking of pitching on Shark Tank, the most important thing is that you go and try it. And the easiest way to do it is go on abc.com and follow the cues. The only thing they won't queue you up for that I would suggest you definitely do anyway is they don't ask you for a video. And considering they're getting 70,000, I think was the last number I heard last week, 70,000 applicants a week. Wow. Could you imagine? How do you get heard? Well, the guys and gals that are doing the screening, they're going to watch the videos because it saves them so many steps. So the idea that you actually do your pitch, give them a sample of what you would look like is key, I think, to getting on track. That's a great idea. Wow, what a great tip. Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I actually have been after them. Please ask the videos. Don't fool people. But, right. Um, but you get just get the video in is key. Wow, 70,000 people. Who even knew that that many people had oh, ideas so waiting in the wings? Let me tell you, there are so many dreams out there, and that's only the people that are actually going online and applying. Could you imagine mm-hmm. how many more are at home thinking, oh, I'm not ready yet or something? And by the way, right. hey, I, I should just recall for a moment Ava the Elephant, medicine dispenser, the yep. first business I bought into, and all she had was a clay model. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know how she was going to manufacture it. But what a success story that. she is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought they just did that update on her recently in the last Yes, week. they did. <laughs> um, yeah, she's she's knocking it out of the park. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, so speaking of knocking it out of the park, do you find that you have to do a lot of the legwork with the companies that you invest in? When you say legwork, you mean uh, to do the due diligence once I commit? No, no. Like, do you, do you, you know, because obviously they're coming, you know, looking for an investor who's going to help them with various parts of their business. It might be manufacturing or sales or both or, you know, introducing them, obviously, to, you you know, any of your connections. Well, I do all of the above that you just cited, and a lot more than that. But the most important thing I do, the most important thing I do, is I Skype with my entrepreneurs. Mm. And I have a prepared agenda. They have a prepared agenda. What do you want to talk about? It's not nothing formal. It's just what do you want to talk about? Where are you having your hard spots? You know, And then we brainstorm. And that is a magic uh, type of collaboration for this reason. Mm-hmm. They know more about their business than I'll never ever know because I don't know about lobsters, supply chain, 
how long they will stay frozen, do you freeze them, etc. They know it all. Right. But what I know about is I have a broader perspective because I've built a number of businesses, including my own, to great success. And you know what I found? I found that it's all the same. And as long as they have the details or are learning the details, I really know how to build a business. So put those two pieces together on regular Skype calls or shouts whenever they need help. And you know what? We have a tremendous leg up over any other competitor in their space, for sure. I have no doubt about it. It's really like a great marriage made in heaven. And uh, it took me four years to realize that I was overlooking uh, a piece of it that was so powerful, which is bringing my entrepreneurs together. And just on a flu, because I was inviting them to a small business conference that I was running last summer, I decided, hey, why don't I invite them out to my beach house an hour outside New York on Fire Island? Mm-hmm. And I brought all of my entrepreneurs to the beach house for uh, two nights sleepover and three days. And let me tell you, I made a family of all my entrepreneurs. And now they all okay. help each other. And yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of that sooner, you know. And so, I love that. No, it's, it's terrific because everybody's a family. They pump each other up when they're down and they share what's working and just as important, share what's not working. And so sure. that saves a tremendous effort. And the camaraderie, everyone wants to belong to a family that's having fun. So if you could create that, uh, you I, I just feel like my entrepreneurs uh, way ahead of the gang in that regard because they have each other. That's so, that just sounds like the happiest family ever. <laughs> no, well, we have our hard spots, you know. And if you drink too much and one wants to jump into the hot tub naked, right. and the other one's married, says, no, I don't think my husband would like it. I mean, that's a little stress, okay? Yeah, but of course. Whatever. It loosens things up. Yeah. <laughs> At least for the most part, most of their baggage stays with their old, with their real family. <laughs> yes, yes, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, so in you know, within um, so sort of expanding on that a little bit, or just you working with your uh, clients individually, or or in these kind of group settings, do you help them develop new product lines, and are you active in that planning process? No, honestly, the birthing of any new product line is their thing. They know their space. They see an angle where something might fit, or they get feedback from a buyer that I wish you had a dry rub instead of just liquid barbecue sauce. That's how the dry rub was developed, which sells better than the original product for my mm-hmm. pork barrel barbecue sauce brand. Um, they're on the front line. They're going to see those opportunities. What I do is get them to keep their eyes open, you know. And then if they want a new product line, I help them do the assessment as to what it's really going to cost how long it's going to take, and whether it's good business judgment to go and do it or wait a while or scrap it entirely, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I come in. But, no, all the birthing of new product lines, uh, if they're good product lines, don't happen at someone's desk, especially mine. Right, sure. Uh, it really happens in the field. That's where you get all your good ideas when you go outside. You never get them at yeah. your desk. Yeah. Do, do you encourage your um, clients, I mean, if appropriate, to attend different trade shows and and have a presence at trade shows, or do you just tend to keep everything sort of in-house with your own connections? Uh, Well, the more connections, the merrier. Um, And there's nothing wrong with trade shows. You can sell certain products at trade shows very effectively. And what a lot of people don't realize is even uh, trade shows are good for a couple of reasons. One, it's giving you exposure. A lot of people are walking by your booth and hear your brand name, okay? Two, it's giving you feedback. If you're not selling at a trade show, that's not a good sign because you're with your sweet spot of clientele that are supposed to be buying and ordering. And so if you're not selling, 
that's a very fast way to get feedback versus waiting a year and getting it one by one online from different customers or not mm-hmm. getting any at all, all right? So trade shows could be a very beneficial. They could also be a total waste of time if you repeat them and you're not getting sales, all right? Because it could sometimes be your product's okay, but you need to market it differently, position it differently to a different audience or twist it right and left. So it's great for feedback exposure, feedback and exposure, not always great for sales. And when it's not great for sales and you've done more than one, you're better off moving on and thinking, how else can I uh, get my product out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a, a last question for you. Um, so what's been your favorite thing about being on Shark Tank? Oh, easy. I find great mm-hmm. partners. Do you know how exciting it is for me to not only have a shot at building one business for myself and being very successful and and getting the psychological fruits of the labor, even more than the money, to know, wow, I did it. I took nothing and made a big something out of it. And do you know how exciting it is to do it for the next guy? You know, the gift is always in the giving, as you know. I got my biggest Mm -hmm. kicks growing my business, seeing the success of the people around me and seeing how we all went for the ride together. And now I have a whole group of new people, very talented in most instances, not always, okay, and just to see how far they could go. I mean, I'm out to make billionaires of those people, or at least millionaires. Right. <laughs> and to, get part, to feel like you've really helped along the way, come on. There's nothing better than that. That's the best part about Shark Tank, not the show itself. It's a struggle yeah. on air, performing for 10-hour days, investing your yes. own money. That's not the fun yes. part. The fun part is once you land a good fish and you start to work with them. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. It's, that's a, it, it, I got kind of got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, you're easy. You must have a window open. Close that window. No, definitely not. It's just chilly here. <laughs> okay. Um, but but I'm just you know it's it's funny you know some people I think that it's you know it's hard for people who aren't in the film business or in sort of that you know glamorous you know world. To, it's to really, glamorous I think, once you're in there. Go ahead. Well, of course, I know. I worked in the movie business for 12 years, <laughs> dressing people. So I was a costume know. supervisor. Yeah. I know. It's so not glamorous, being there at 4 mm-hmm. in the morning or whatever. But um, but for the most part, you know, people don't really know everything that goes on behind the scenes. They just think you show up and they put a little, you know, blush on and lipstick and there you go. And you just, you know. It's hard work, believe me. Yeah. It's hard work. And so, um, and it's, it's just refreshing to hear you just to be so excited about these brands and, you know, and that it's not just a job. I mean, it's your passion and your, it's your life. And, and it just, it really, um, it just inspires me and, uh, you know, makes even the idea of, you know, auditioning for the show, not as scary, (laughs) not for me, I'm not going on it. But I tell you, when you go on Shark Tank, even if Kevin O'Leary tears you to shreds, yeah, and you feel embarrassed, and you don't want your friends watching when it airs. Uh, you've been found, and if there's yeah. any life outside Shark Tank, anything moving that might be excited about your business, it finds you that night. Sure. And so it's like putting a giant spotlight on yourself, and yeah. it's for free. Think about that. Right. You haven't paid exactly. For it. Prime right. time exposure. So it's everybody wins when they're on Shark Tank. Yeah, I really, totally agree. Yeah. So I don't know why people would hesitate. Yeah, you know, I think some people are just camera shy. I've had two friends on the show. Uh, one got an investment with Lori, and one was on the other day with the um, side bands, Romy. Oh, I remember that. And she yeah. didn't, yeah, she didn't get an investment, but she's doing pretty well on her own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that, well, you, don't even need the, you don't even need the sharks. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, you guys have made a lot of a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. So yeah, I think we we're creating um, entrepreneurs, which ain't a bad yeah. thing to be doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm I'm all about too. Well, Barbara, I really, really thank you for your time, and this was really a pleasure speaking to you. My and, pleasure. Um, I look forward to seeing you Friday night. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.